You may be seated. You know, at times I'm amazed at how forgetful I am. Um, sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's actually scary, being how forgetful. And most of the time we kind of relay that to or compare it to just getting old. But I don't know. I think I've kind of done that. For instance, um, we got a new car in February and it has the, a garage door opener built in. So I thought, cool, I'll take the one off the car, put it in the house, and I can detach garage. I can open up, shut it. And there'll be a few times that I've got up, gone up the next morning, and my garage door is wide open. I, I, I forget to shut it. And I'm thinking, now, how can I do that? So I pull in the garage door, and of course, I'm carrying groceries. It's only like 15 feet to the house, and I'll do this. Shut the garage door, shut the garage door, shut the garage door, shut the garage door. And I'll get up in the morning, and Ruth will go, you left the garage door open. So I'm like, goodness gracious, Lord, how can I do that? All right, so what? The worst thing that could happen, maybe a critter will end up in there or something. But how about this? Hell is mentioned 167 times in the Bible, in the Word of God. That's on your lap. That will be on the screens. Maybe in four or five different names, the pit, Hades, abyss, hell, 167 times. Everlasting punishment. Now, if you start forgetting that, the Bible also is clear that hell is an eternal punishment for those who do not obey him. Now, if you know the word of God, you should understand that hell was not made by God for us. It wasn't. It was made for the devil and all his rebellious demons that fell with him and has caused all this craziness on our earth today. But if you choose not to serve God, then that is where your eternal being will be. John the Baptist said this about Jesus. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Yes, New Hope, hell is real. It's very real. And you know what? You are blessed this morning to be here this morning to hear the truth about hell and to have time to examine and make sure your stuff's in order because your day's coming. I mean, it's just a part of life. So please, I pray that you will open up your ears and your heart to the Word of God. Usually, us as people, we avoid uncomfortable things. Many of us don't want to go to funerals. Many preachers I know have preached everybody from Al Capone to Hitler into heaven because they'd rather not speak what's uncomfortable. But Pastor Jason and I, someday, I'm sure mine sooner, We'll be standing in front of Almighty God to give account. Did you tell my people? And I remember a story, I think it might have been Pastor Bender, whoever told me the fellow had a dream and was telling him, and of course he shared that with us. He said in his dream there was a man running around in hell, picking up people by the hair and looking at them and throwing them down. You remember this? I think I said it. Picking up and throwing them down, and the question was, who are you looking for? He said, I'm looking for the pastor that never told me the truth. So you're going to have truth this morning. <clears throat> the 
truth is this, sad but true. The majority of people, human beings, are going to hell. It just is. That's the truth. People in this world, in this country, in this state, in our city, maybe the majority of our friends. Now, we're, we're lining it up with the Word of God. I left my plumb line over there. So <clears throat> you'll see it up there. You can put my picture over there, wherever, which, wherever you're putting it, because this is the truth. If it works and comes up, this camera's having some issues. There you go. <clears throat> All right, Luke 12 says this. But I forewarn you whom you shall fear. Okay, everybody's afraid of the boogeyman, the devil, and all that kind of stuff, or whatever you want to call him. Uh, trying to find a nice movie to take Ruth. I'm like, good grief, they got like Pet Cemetery come out again, those very fearful and scary things. And hey, that isn't nothing to what God's telling you. you. You understand what he's telling you here in this scripture? But I will forewarn you whom you shall fear, fear him, which after he hath killed, hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto him, fear him. Do you know who that is? It's Christ. It's Almighty. That's who you better fear. The devil himself is going to be bound and tossed and out of the way. He's nothing to God. He's nothing. So the Lord is telling you whom you shall fear. Amos says this, And I also have given you cleanliness, hunger of teeth in all your cities, and want of bread in your places. Yet have you not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Now you think of all the times the Lord has reached out to maybe your friends, <clears throat> to people. I have visited folks in the hospital. I thought for sure, for sure they'll get saved this time. Refuse, been thrown out of the hospital, been thrown out of homes. From people dying, holes in their throats, barely breathe. Still want nothing to do with Almighty God. Verse 7 says, And also I have withholden the rain from you. When there were yet three months to the harvest, I have caused it to rain upon one city, caused it not to rain upon another city. One piece was rained upon, the piece whereon it rained not withered. So two or three cities wandered into one city to drink water, but they were not satisfied. Yet have you not returned unto me, saith the Lord. All this weird weather, droughts in California, crazy flowers, tsunamis, earthquakes. God is saying, come to me. Is America coming to them? <clears throat> no, they're not. We sure are not. Verse 9 says, I have smitten you with blasting and mildew. When your gardens and your vineyards and your fig trees and your olive trees uh, increased, the palmer worm devoured them, yet have you not returned unto me? We've just gone through. I don't even think they've recovered yet. Nebraska, totally underwater. What is Nebraska? The biggest corn-producing state? And totally underwater. Totally. Verse 10, I have set among you the pestilence in the manner of Egypt. Your young men have I slain with the sword. Where are our young men? Where are our young men you ask any godly woman desiring to have a husband and a family, where are those young men? Where are they that are serving God, living for God, and strong for God, not ashamed of God? Man, they're, they're very hard to find. Very hard. <clears throat> so God is saying, I sent among you the pestilence after the manner of Egypt. Your young men have I slain with the sword, have taken away your horses. I have made the stink of your camps to come up unto your nostrils. Yet 
have you not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have overthrown some of you, as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. You are as a firebrand plucked out of the burning, yet have you not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I let moved upon people to do evil things, fly Boeing jets into huge buildings, crumble right in front of your eyes, seen on TV and everything, yet you didn't come to me. Our phony politicians had the nerve to stand and sing, what was it, God Bless America, for a day or two? Verse 12, therefore, thus will I do unto thee. It's O Israel, it's not O heathen. O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. In other words, that means be ready. Be ready. Revelations 20, 12 says this, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. They're all going to stand. All these people, all these jokesters you see on TV, all us nobodies that no one knows us, we're all going to stand before Almighty God. Small and great, stand before God, and the books, S, were opened. And another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, listen, according to their T-H-E-I-R works, according to your personal works, the books are being written about you. Oh, yes, sir. And the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to T-H-E-I-R works. 167 times. When's the last time you thought of hell? When's the last time you heard anybody preach on hell? Verse 14, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Hopefully you understand that. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. All right. Cast means to throw, to let go of something. You don't care where it lands. You understand? That's, God's going to be doing this stuff. The Lord's going to be doing this. You can say, uh, come on, come on, pastor. God is a God of love. Oh, yes, he is. He is. But he's also a God of wrath. Is that in your Bible? It is. John 10.10 10 says this, But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God, an everlasting king. At his wrath, the earth shall tremble, and the nations shall not be able to abide his indignation. You're not going to be able to contain it, restrain it. They can't. Picture it now. The whole earth is going to tremble and shake. You know... All of us have foolishness bound in our heart. Uh, back when we had supper for families, I don't know if you do much anymore. We did. Oh, boy. And if it was baked bean night or something like that, you know, and then I would get squirrely and goofy and silly and dumb and moan and whine and complain until my father pulled that chair and got up. I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> Judgment was coming. And there's coming a time when our God's going to pull it up. He's had it. He's had it. Don't forget that. Forget the garage door. 
Okay. Do not forget today's message, even though I know it's making you uncomfortable. Isaiah 13, 9 says this, Behold, the day the Lord cometh, cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. Destroy means to annihilate, to exterminate. Now you think of all the abortions that have gone on. You know, I actually thought it couldn't get worse than an abortion. You know, killing an adult is bad, bad. But an abortion, going up into a woman after a little soul that hasn't even had a chance. And then I found out they get so much money for a head or a blue eye or this or that. And you see God standing up and pushing away his chair. And you see Isaiah 13 being real. He's going to destroy those sinners. I can't even believe. It's like I love the History Channel. I like watching about Hitler and what he'd done. I'm just amazed at what he's done and what he got away with. He would do operation on people and pull their teeth and all this various stuff without anything to stop the pain. And what are we doing? We might as well wear the same uniform. All right, Ezekiel says this, 20 to verse 17, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, the house of Israel. Now, this is God's chosen people. You and I are grafted in the vine of Israel, spiritual Israel. The house of Israel, to me, has become dross. All they are brass and tin and iron and lead in the midst of the furnace. They are even the dross of silver. Listen to the words that God moves upon Ezekiel. He writes, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, because you have all become dross, behold, therefore I will gather you into the midst of Jerusalem, as they gather silver, brass, iron, lead, tin, into the midst of the furnace, to blow the fire upon it, to melt it. So will I gather you in my anger, in my fury. I will leave you there and melt you. When he wants says, oh yes, I will gather you and blow upon you in the fire of my wrath and you shall be melted in the midst thereof. As silver is melted in the midst of the furnace, so shall you be melted in the midst thereof and you shall know that I, the Lord, have poured out my fury upon you. Who years ago in PA, worked in a small little forge, Perry Forge it was called. They would make these big elbows. Every once they'd be in that Fire and that stuff, and all of a sudden the alarm would go off, and up they'd come, and they'd beat Jerry hot, and I could feel the heat on the back of my... It always reminded me of hell. Secondly, listen now, hell is not a prison. It's a place of punishment. It's not you die and... You know, it's so hot and so intense, even if you get so close, it's gone, it's over, and you don't exist anymore. I don't know. Hell is not a prison, it's a place of punishment. Matthew 23, Jesus said, You serpents, you generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? It's a damnatory judgment, damnation of hell, condemnation. It means punishment punishment. 
And in those days, Revelation 9, 6 says, listen to this. In those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. Look, today man is doing everything in the world to live a day longer and a day longer. Day longer. Was it Walt Disney froze his body so he can come back and can live longer and live longer? In that day, when God pushes himself from the table and steps forth and he's had it, people are going to be begging to die. The account in Luke 16, the account, I don't want to say story because you make, you want to, in your brain, your chemicals will go off and you'll say it's make-believe, but it's not. Luke 16 tells us you will feel, you'll see, you'll desire, you'll remember, you'll cry, and you'll beg. There. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen, fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. The dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lifted up his eyes. He sees, being in torment, he feels, sees Abraham afar off, Lazarus in his bosom, and he cried, and he talked, and he screamed, and said, Father Abraham! Have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his fingers. And he didn't say, I need a pitcher of water, a pitcher of lemonade. I need a six-pack of Pepsi. Just dip your fingers, please. As I look and see some of you guys, I know how hard you work. And when you're out there throwing concrete around or putting a new roof on and you're so dying of thirst, just go dip your fingers and see how that quenches you and go back to work. He lifted up his eyes, being in torments, S. Seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bones. He cried, Father Abraham, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. Send Lazarus, they may dip the tip of his fingers in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented. That means intense flame, intense pain in this flame. How can, how can anybody even make the decision to go there? But I, I do believe the majority are. If there's 30,000 people in Zanesville, how many of those 30,000 are serving the Lord according to the Word of God? I think there might be 88,000 in Muskingum County last I knew. How many of them are really, truly serving Almighty God? How many of us here, New Hope, we're going at it. We're in love with God. How many people were around the ark while the ark was being built? I don't know. I mean, it's pretty big. I, I don't know. Just standing over there, I know it might sound goofy, but where are they going to get all the hay and vegetables and tomatoes and carrots and bananas and feed? Maybe they bought it off a farmer. Uh, uh, maybe they went to Walmart and loaded up, and all those people were loading up constantly, bringing in food into this ark and had some type of relationship, or the people who sold the wood, or all these people that are around the ark. How many of them made it? 
You can be associated with the church. You can run the sweeper. You can do something. How many? When the door is shut. But Abraham said in verse 25, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime received the good things, likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou would send him to my father's house. Wouldn't you want that too? I mean, if you're splitting hell wide open and you're in all that torment, apparently you can think and you can remember and you're saying, oh, my dad, my sons, my daughters, my cousins, my... It's what's, it's what's going on here, right? I'm not reading anything into it. It's what he says. I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou would send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren. He remembers them. He remembers them. By name. And he's in hell and he's in torment. He's not in a, a, obliviated and no memory and everything's nothing. And like the world likes to think, you're down there partying and you and the devil hand in hand. And he knows them by name and he's begging now that he's in hell that someone could go save his family. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they should also come into this place of torment. Jeepers. How many of you have brothers and sisters? Abraham said unto them, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said, if they hear not Moses and prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. What's Moses? We have the son of the living God. And they're going, (laughs) so hell is a place of punishment. Hell is a place of no rest, darkness. It says, we're the worm and the fire, T-H-E-I-R. Their worm, their fire, personal. Thirdly, who's going to end up in hell? You know, really, seriously, you ought to be saying, I'm so glad I'm here today. I'm so glad I'm here today. God, I need to hear this. I need to know the truth. Revelation 21.8 says, But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The very first one, the fearful, the timid, the cowardly. Now, we're all timid and cowardly naturally. Remember, I was talking about the dentist last week. So that doesn't mean I'm going to hell because I was timid and care. No, this has to do when push comes to shove, 
you choose yourself over Christ. Which is what most do anyway. It's not speaking of natural timidness, but of the cowardness that in the last resort, resort chooses self over Christ. I don't know him. I don't know him. Whether you're with your buddies, your friends, your co-workers, at a ball game, playing ball, whatever. Deuteronomy 20 verse 1 says, When thou goest out to battle against thy enemies and see horses and chariots and a people more than thou, be not afraid of them. For the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. I don't know if I told you. I know I told my table. Who's the folks who are at my table? You can testify to this. I told you I was going to walk in in the power of God's word to that dentist. I said, you might laugh at this because you don't, dentist. Oh, I can't do that. Dentist beans, dentist beans. I can't do that. Okay? And so I did. I mean, I spent time with God, and I walked in, and God was awesome for me. Totally awesome for me. Actually, even in, in that dentist chair, I, I told him, please, look. He, oh, he said, do you have any issues with dentists? And I went, Ugh. I did, and he, this is what he answered me. He Remember, he was an oral surgeon, so he wasn't just going in there to clean my teeth. Um, he said to me, well, you know, so do I. He said, I don't like sitting in that chair either. And already I'm going, shit, I like this guy. And so I just told him, look, please, if you don't have to, don't clamp my mouth open. You tell me, I'll open and close it. Don't clamp it. Because I had that happen to me for like an hour and a half, and it wasn't good. And then I said, please, don't put my feet up above my head. I just can't. Because that's what happened that one time. The guy ruined me, my dentist. And I'm just sitting in a chair like this with him talking. He goes, how's that? How are you doing now? Sitting like that. I said, yeah, this is great. It's all He didn't make me go back one inch. One, one inch. Now, I know God did that for me. But even while he was doing and working on me, I thought, Lord, I know why I'm born in America. Because I'm too big of a sissy to be born anywhere else. <laughs> Seriously, isn't that true? Power of God. This God will help you go to a dentist if you need him to. So God's laying out all this stuff. When you go into battle and you go into war, you don't have to be afraid. And it shall be when you are come nigh into battle that the priest shall approach and speak unto the people and shall say unto them, Hear, O Israel, you approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not your heart fear, faint, fear not, and do not tremble, neither be ye terrified because of them. Now, when we have our lesson again tonight, I think the first reflection question is, is, do you use the Word of God in all your problems? That's why I use the Word of God with dentists. I said, yes, because I can't do it on my own. You might be able to with the dentist, different area. I can't do it on my own. I use the Word of God. That's what God is saying here. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. And the officer shall speak further unto the people. Remember, we're talking about the timid and cowardly and choose self over the Lord. What man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return unto his house, lest he's, his brother's heart faint as well as his heart. 
So well, God says, no, these fearful and timid and don't want to do nothing for God and pick self and Get rid of them. Send them home so they don't contaminate the rest. That's what God's talking about here in this scripture. It's probably true that most of us are afraid to witness. When you're afraid to witness, usually you're afraid to be made fun of or be ridiculed or be laughed at, so you're choosing self over Christ. I told next, next class we have, Ruth has a table this time. Next class we have, she's not going to have anybody at her table because her homework, she's going, you go out there and witness to somebody. You come back with a story, you're telling me you've witnessed to somebody. And that's the way it should be. Yeah, you can be fearful like going to the dentist, but then you go to the war and you say, God, you've got to give me guts and courage to see who it is and let me speak whatever it is. You know, and it'll work. Luke 9 says, For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed. These are the people who are going to hell. And when he, when he shall come in his own glory in his Father's and of the holy angels. Unbelieving means without trust in God. Psalms 10.4 said, The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. You can do it. You can handle it. You don't need God. God is not in all his thoughts. In the Bible, I'll talk about days without number. Days without number. You just live life. Yet we're all going to heaven. Even some of us give good godly advice. And you're not going to heaven. <laughs> Genesis 19.4 And Lot went out, spake unto his sons-in-laws, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-laws. Because he probably acted like a donkey all their life in front of them. And now he's barking at the truth. And they're going, what's up with dad today? They didn't believe him. He's given good, godly advice because his track record was weak, in and out, up and down, God, God, no God, church, no church. And they're like, and he's telling them, he's telling them, judgment's coming today, run! They didn't run. They died. Lost. Church people, give good, godly advice. Don't mean you're going to heaven. How many of you are in college? Going to college. Been ruined by college. So, then there are the philosophers and those that believe them are college students. Acts says this, Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him, and some said, What will this babbler say? Others, some, he spake to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. Oh, the people are too smart for that. Their degrees. You know how smart they are. If a tree falls in the woods but no one's around, does it still make a sound? 
what do you think? I mean, what? Philosophers have produced a generation of fools, and now they're running our country. Romans 1.22 says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. In Massachusetts, I think it is, they took all those gun laws and gun rules and gun confiscation and uh, I forget, I don't know what they got, almost 90% of all guns, murder, crime, robbery, skyrocketed. So what do those great philosophers and college-educated people do? We need to do this to our whole country. Take them all away. Crime's through the roof in Massachusetts because they took your guns. You can't defend yourself. You can't stop anybody. So if you're pretty strong, you could pretty much get away with whatever. Fools. Professing themselves to be wise. Also says the abominable are going to hell. Having become foul. Having become foul. This nation is polluted. Unnatural lusts. Look, it hasn't been that long ago. My daughter was in high school. And she was in one of those marching things. And we were helpers, you know, trying to be nice parents. We were bringing pizza and napkins. And there was 50 girls. And... I know you'll laugh, but I'm not meaning this to be funny. They're burping like truck drivers. Listen, I was stunned. Girls? I know guys are slobs, but girls? And I would pull Ruth. I said, Ruth, girls? Did you hear girls? Well, have you seen how they've marched in D.C. lately? How they dress? what they dress like, if they have clothes on. Abominable. We've become foul. Foul. The nation is polluted. Unnatural lusts. Filthy, dirty jokes. TV is sickening. News reporters cuss. Swear. Uh, Jeremiah 3 once says, They say if a man put away his wife and she go from him, and become another man's, shall he return unto her again? Shall not the land be greatly polluted? But thou hast played the harlot with many lovers, yet you return again to me, saith the Lord. Fifty years I've been married. I think I'd be filled my cup with Ruth. Fifty years, how many times I have to see her, love her, have her, hold her, kiss her? Fifty years. What? Are you kidding? The greatest thing is that she's mine, all mine, no one else is just mine. That's what the Lord is saying. You're all mine, just mine. I died for you, I bought you, I love you, I washed you, I filled you with my spirit, I'm in you, and you go out and pollute the land with someone else and you come back to me here you am Lord <laughs> Ruth would walk in all tattered and torn from some night out with some bum and smell like smoke and also says murderers 
Well, we know that 1 John 3.15 simply says, Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. Churches split all the time. How can that be? How can it be? How can you come here, love me, say, ain't nothing like Pastor Joe, and whatever down the road, hate me, and say things on Facebook? How do we do that? I mean, how... How do we do that? How did our, well, like that doesn't, how did our nation put blue uniforms on, gray uniforms on, kill more people than they ever had in any war? And they're all Americans. How do we do that? We're almost about to do that again. That's how bad we get without God. We can hate because we think we haven't shed blood. We're okay with it. Not so. No, no, not so. Whoremongers. It's a weird word for us. But you know what that is. That's sex sins. That's secret affairs. Hustler magazine. Playboy magazine. That's the only thing I can think of. I know there's 50 billions of them now. Internet, I think, what, is 80%. Porn. Every prostitute, whore, call girl, every John, every Casanova. Oh, he's just a ladies' man. Is that a polite way of saying it or something? Every pervert, every filthy fam, film producer, actor, actress. Those people hooked on porn, those are whoremongers. That's what the Word of God is saying. Sorcerers. New Age, palm reading, stargazing, horoscopes, charms, potions, Ouija boards. Remember Dungeons and Dragons was a big thing. Crystals, witches. That's a good witch. There's a show now. Good witch or whatever. Nightingale lady, whatever she is. She's a good witch. Exodus 22:18 says what? Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Listen, the majority of people in Zanesville are probably on their way to hell. That brings me no joy, no excitement, and I know it's not going to fill up the church. But this is the truth. You need to hear the truth. You need to get slapped in the face sometimes and start remembering, shut the garage door. Shut it. Because a thief can come in and rip me off of everything. There's thousands of dollars in two vehicles sitting in there alone. Compared to my soul. Is the garage door of your soul open? And you'll close it. You know it's important. For 12 feet, I can't even remember to close the garage door. I walk in, see Ruth, mine's gone. So eight hours later, I get up and think, ah. People in Zanesville, no thoughts of God this morning. We're probably just about ready, but I can mention cutting grass, going golfing, boating, picnicking, sleeping in, sleeping around. College soon will be, what, spring break, and you go down and 
do whatever, act like whatever, dress like whatever, drink whatever. Isaiah 5.11 says, Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink, that continue until night till wine inflame them. That's a woe from God. Woe unto you. And then it talks about the various instruments, the harp and various things that are used to have music, wine, or in their feasts. But they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of His hands. Meaning, they don't notice what He's even doing, what God's even doing. It just... You go anywhere, go to any restaurant, wherever you go, that serves alcohol, first thing they'll ask you. We have margaritas, we have this, we have that, we have wine, we have 50 cent night, 50 cent day. They just bring, that's, they just assume you're going to drink. They don't ever think you don't drink, they just assume you do. Therefore, many people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge their honorable men are famished, and their multitude dried up with thirst. Therefore, look at this, 14. Therefore hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure. Now, have you ever done that? Some of you guys get them big old burgers, man. You've got to open that mouth to try to get... The Bible says that's what hell does. There's so many, so many getting in as to enlarge her mouth. To take them in. Verse 15 says, And the mean men shall be brought down, and the mighty men shall be humbled, and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. 14, when I get, Therefore hell hath enlarged herself, opened her mouth without measure, and, and listen, and their glory and their T-H-E-I-R, their personal glory, their personal multitude, their personal pomp, and he that rejoices shall descend into it. Everybody wants to be like Mike? That dude better get saved. You understand? That's all going in with him. All that. It's all going in. Verse 16 says, But the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment, and God, that is the holy, shall be sanctified in righteousness. Verse 2, Revelation 2.11 says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. There is a second death. All our dear saints, John Ajar, Audrey, um, name them, Ron Holsher, Doris Dew, all had the first death only. No second. No second death. My dear old dad, no second. Sweet Dick Mahako, no second death. Because they believed the word of God to the end. Revelation 26 says, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Verse 20, Revelation 20.15 says, Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was going to be cast in the lake of fire. So I, I just believe there's going to be a lot of churchy people there. Preached the message a long time ago. You're either in Christ or you're in church. So two different concepts completely. 
Many will say to me in the Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have we cast out devils? He's talking to church people, church people. I didn't cast out devils and say, Lord, Lord, and I'm not running around like a fool. So this is, well, I, I taught Sunday school, and I, I always went to church, and I sang in a choir, and my dad's a preacher. I've been an usher for 10 years, deacon. All those positions are being done right now in the 101 churches that are in Zanesville. Right now, today, going on. And the Lord says, and I will profess unto them, I never knew you, never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now you can say all the come on pastors you want, but I'm just reading. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is heaven, in heaven. Did you do the will of God the Father last week? Or a lot of us American Christians, we went, you know, last week was such a blur. What did I do last week? So, in the end, there's only one basis of salvation, and it's not a mere verbal confession. Yes, I accept Jesus. It's not spiritual works. It's not going to church. It's knowing Jesus and being known by him. 1 Corinthians 8.3 says, But if any man love God, the same is known of him. We can trick each other. That's why we got divorce going through the roof. You actually think your wife loves you or your husband loves you, and then one day they're just gone. That's what I thought he loved. He said he loved. He told me he loved me. So you can be tricked by that, but you're not going to be, God's not going to be tricked. If any man love God, the same is known of him. God knows who loves him. He knows. Nehemiah 1.7 says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. He knoweth him. 2 Timothy 2.19, Never lest the foundation of God stand as sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Iniquity is what God calls iniquity, not what you call iniquity. Matthew 10, 28 says, And fear not them which can kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him, God Almighty. All right, so we kind of hurry up. What's the truth about being born again? You better be born again. 167 times the Lord has told us about hell in the word of God. He told us who it's made for. It's not made for you. But he also told you what you have to do and how you have to live. John 3, 3 says this, Jesus answered, said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, or unless a man be born again, he can't even see the kingdom of God. Can't even see it. So Jesus, his reply here shatters that Jewish assumption that their racial identity, just because they're Jews, they're in. That's why us American thinks. We're all Christians. We're America. Bless God, baseball, and apple pie. 
Born again means translated born from above. It's not some church rules. You're going to try to be better. It's something miraculous happens from above inside of you. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time in his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not. Don't stand there and try to figure it out and get your slide roller and your computer and your brain going. God simply says, marvel not that I send thee. You must be born again. Verse 8 explains it. The wind blows where it wants to. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but you can't tell where it's going, where it came from. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Maybe a month ago, I had to take down, I don't know how old the tree was. Good and round, about like this maybe. At least 60 feet in the air. Big old powerful tree. Kept looking at it the last year or so. It started like this. And then it was more. And then it was leaning across the driveway. And I'm like, oh, Jason, you got to come and take this tree down. Because the, the constant wind, I didn't see the wind going like this, pushing, but it, I could see what it was doing. All the r- ground on this side of the trees hooved up. And it, it's going to go. I'm going to hear it's going to go boom one of these days. That's what being, it's the Spirit of God is like the wind. It just comes and does its job. I don't know where it came from, where it went, where it goes. But something happens. You can see the difference. The Lord was saying, you don't understand everything about the wind, but you see its effects. You can see it. It's exactly what it is with the birth of the Spirit of God. It's something God does in us. It's not something you do. It's something God does. God took the same face that used to say such filthy stuff, these same eyes that would see such filthy, and He changed it. He changed it. He, he changed it. The wind blew one day. So you cannot even see the kingdom of God. That word see means to perceive with your eyes, to perceive by any of the senses, to notice, discern, or discover. You can't see a lick unless you are truly born from You can come to church all you want. Maybe do better than I am even today. Sing better than anyone that's up here. It don't mean a lick. So here it is, the last two verses. Simple verses. Romans 10, 9, and 10. If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. Not your head, your heart. You believe this. In your heart. Not the facts. Not that you can memorize. You can, you can read Romans without even looking at it. You could quote it, stand up here with a microphone. I, I don't care about anything. You can know all about the disciples. You can tell me where Asia Minor is and all the cities that Paul, all that in your heart. Christianity is a heart religion. Confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Righteousness. As if I never sinned. 
because of the blood of Jesus has made me righteous. I am justified just if I'd never sinned by the blood of Jesus. Thou shalt be saved. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For our altar call, let's stand. I'm going to give you this verse. It simply says this. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And God will know. He'll know. He'll know if you're going through the acts because I'm putting you on the spot. He'll know if you really mean it with your heart. Now, as I look at you, I would declare you, okay, I suppose, Lord, I don't. I'm over there behind that cross saying, I don't, Lord, what do, I don't know. I don't know. But I do know this, that we are called of God to give you, to the best of our ability, the absolute truth of the Word of God. And this is the truth. Now, you have to chew it, mull it over. I hope you do not spit it out. I hope that you make sure. Absolutely make sure you're doing the very best that you can to stay lined up with the Word of God. Because that place of torment is real. Most do that. As being a pastor for, gosh, I don't even know how long now. Probably pushing 40 years. And any pastor that's really worth his salt would agree with that picture. The majority of people don't want to hear the truth of God. Even the Lord says, you hate me because I tell you the truth. I pray that you don't hate me, but I don't want the Lord to hate me. So, as people, we tend to forget Maybe you can come to this altar, not making a joke, and ask the Lord, Lord, did I leave my garage door open? Garage door to my heart, is it open? That anything can come in, rob, kill, and destroy, destroy my love for you, rob me, not even know it. I didn't even know it was open all night. Worst part is in the night, blackness, crimes mostly at night. Everything of value is wide open for everybody to see. 